Welcome to the Citizens NYC Couples and Conversations podcast. NYC has endured a lot of highs and lows in the last year, as documented in the first season of our podcast. Join Elizabeth and Rasan as they reflect on a year of transition and rebuilding. Welcome to season two of Couples in Conversation. I am Rasan Harris, the CEO of Citizens Committee for New York City, and I'm here with our opening guest, my wife, Elizabeth Harris. And this is quite possibly her final podcast ever recorded. So this is a momentous, historic occasion. How are you, Elizabeth? I'm hanging in there. I'm okay. This, this possibly will be my final podcast. I mean, who who predicted the pandemic? I mean, a lot of things that are unpredictable that are happening these days. So you can never say I never in today's day and age. No, it only took an act of God to get me on a podcast. Nothing made me just <laughs> an act of God, quite literally. Well, there you go. So, so, so that's once, once there was the pandemic, I thought, well, throw caution to the wind. So here I am. Absolutely. So um, we were the first guests, and it's been approximately a year since uh, we started this endeavor. And why did we do the podcast? I think we wanted to have folks get a peek into what New Yorkers are going through. Um, Citizens Committee supports fantastic neighborhood leaders across the city. And we also have folks who are thought leaders and political leaders and leaders of industry and culture that have been part of our family. And the podcast was a way for folks to hear what people are going through in the midst of this unprecedented time and for folks to share. And I just really appreciate how open you were to share a little bit of yourself with folks uh, through this podcast as we first entered into the pandemic together. So my question to you first and foremost is like, how are you feeling now almost a year out from, from what we went through? Well, we're in a very different place. I think globally, nationally, and in our household. Within the last year, you know, the world has reopened. New York City has reopened. We have a vaccine now. I think critically for a lot of families with kids of all ages, if you want your kid to be in school every day, that's an option. It wasn't an option last year. You know, I think we're slowly all getting back to normal. We're trying to figure out what normal looks like in the future and living it every day. I know that, you know, I have a different job. A year ago, we were home all day, every day together. This year, you know, you're still home. I have a different job and I'm in the office four or five days a week. And that's actually, you know, it's been nice to get out, to put work clothes on again, to grab my coffee in the morning, to get on the subway like a real New Yorker again and go into Midtown and experience life and and to be around other people and to be with work colleagues who have and eventually will become friends that's a nice feeling again it feels like normalcy so yeah normal feels good in the midst of stuff that was so challenging you know quarantining and it just being the two of us and our daughter you know doing our daily jobs and helping her try to get whatever learning and education she could get in um in the midst of us trying to do our daily jobs and uh being socially distanced from folks, it was really challenging, especially explaining that to 
a young child that even though she sees someone right in front of her that she couldn't necessarily get as close or she had to have a cautious approach to interactions. But now uh, she's back in school five days a week, which is amazing. It's also incredible that she is getting a chance to be outside with her friends. It's incredible that um, we had that time together when we were hunkered down as a family because I think gave us a chance to know each other in ways that we wouldn't have gotten to know each other otherwise. But as you said, you know, it's also great to be able to get out there and venture in the world and come back to a home that you love. Um, you know, there's varieties of spice of life. And so being able to, to toggle between the both, I think, for you has been great. But I'm here day in, day out, working from home and trying to create community with my work colleagues is a challenge, but I think is also definitely a privilege because we found other ways innovatively to connect with each other, whether it's older Zoom or Slack. And using the technology, we've been able to broadcast great people and great thought leaders across New York City to folks that might otherwise not have had access to them because you can't and just, you just go to someone. And you just had a great event at the Boathouse, right? It was like the inaugural Citizens event since the pandemic started. Exactly. And so that was incredible. So I was able to get out and, and see folks that I've been only seeing on Zoom for, for all this time. So it was fantastic being able to connect with all these different New Yorkers and have a celebration that was um, uniquely New York. DJ Storm and Norman, it was a step and repeat. That wasn't a step and repeat. It was graffiti. And it was folks from different parts of the city. And I felt the vibe and this celebration of being out there made folks feel like incredible. And I think... You know, it, it's interesting as staring down at the end of the year and looking at the holidays, you know, last year, everybody, while everybody in our family sort of went to their individual corners and, you know, each household spent the holidays um, alone. We spent Thanksgiving alone. We usually have a really big Thanksgiving celebration. We didn't do that last year. We didn't do that for Christmas or for New Year's. And this year, we're actually planning to be with family again for Thanksgiving. And, you know, that's nice. It's been an interesting year, obviously filled with a little bit of loss. You know, my dad passed away um, this summer. And so knowing that we didn't get to spend the last Thanksgiving and the last Christmas with him is tough. But you know, and I expect this first set of holidays without him is going to be really tough for all of us. But it is just nice that in the midst of that loss, we can fellowship and be together again as a family during the holiday season. That's probably going to feel very melancholy, but I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. I almost have to sit and let that breathe for a minute because there's so many juxtapositions. We're getting to the point where we can come together again. Folks are looking forward to so much, but we've also covered so much ground that has loss. And so holding the joy and the hope for the future and things getting better, but also, you know, being present with the loss and what it means and um, giving yourself the mental break and the mental health break that like it's okay to be sad and it's okay to feel those things but there's also hope it's something that's difficult for folks to hold together because I know certain people that just don't like acknowledging they're almost in denial of, of the loss but then you can't be stuck in the loss 
Uh, you can't get lost in the loss. You gotta mm-hmm. also try to find ways to move forward. And so, I think our family has a lot of that that's going on right now. I mean, there were also moments that were brought to us by the last holiday season by Zoom, like the Zooms that we had for last Thanksgiving. We had folks from all across the country and with each other and another person that we lost. Um, Jazz man, Mr. Dara from Harlem, you know, he played Mm -hmm. Silent Night for everybody on that Zoom call. And, you know, now we can come back together, but he's not going to be around with us. So Mm -hmm. we created these special moments and it was really important for us to do that then. Um, And I'm so glad that we have that. Um, And we need to look to the future of like what we're trying to build for our daughter and for our neighbors and for our family. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting, like finding community again as we reemerge locally within our block, which, you know, our neighbors, our friends, they're such an important part of our life. They're people we see every single day more than we see our own family members. And we've lost some of those people. And sort of stitching our neighborhood back together, our city back together on a larger scale is is an interesting process. I feel invigorated when I go to other parts of the city in particular. And I feel like, you know, who says New York isn't back because the village is still the village and Tribeca is still Tribeca. And Astoria, Queens is still Astoria, Queens. And, and Harlem is just always going to be Harlem. And I find those moments and I find those times really invigorating. Um, how do you think Citizens, which is an organization that is so tightly woven within the fabric of New York City communities, what's the role of citizens in in that process of, of you know, New York City coming out of a pandemic and rebuilding itself? I think when you are broken down to your foundation and you have to rebuild, you can rebuild in a way that is more equitable, that is more innovative, that is trying to get back to your like your highest ideals of what is possible. And so I'm really excited that citizens invest in folks that are on the ground in New York City and really trying to bring them at the table. So when decisions are made of who's going to be the next mayor and and what policies are going to be put in place and like even you know who's in control of what neighborhoods and, and not from an authoritative way of control but you know who kind of dictates the culture and the vibe like i want to make sure that everybody has a chance to weigh in and that everybody can have a vote by their actions like every time someone you know beautifies their stoop or every time someone decides to talk to their neighbor and make sure that they're not anonymous, every time someone helps someone who's in need, every time someone calls a meeting and says, like, I want your opinion, that all those little acts go to building a type of New York where we all can have a voice and that everyone's included. Um, I'm excited that we can spread money around to incentivize folks getting together. I'm excited that we're engaging local elected officials so that they are hearing the voices of these folks. I'm I'm excited that we have these mechanisms through technology to help amplify the voices of the the stories that we're hearing. 
I think one of the mistakes that we can make is Citizens hears all these wonderful stories of all these New Yorkers through their grant applications. And if we just read them and award those grants and just keep those stories to ourselves, we're doing New York City a disservice because we're not amplifying all the beauty and all the leadership and all the possibility that's out there. And so I see New York City reopening as our opportunity to you know, reintroduce folks to the beauty that's on every block. And I also want to give folks you know, who had the means to get out of the city or toggle back and forth from somewhere else into the city to recognize that New York City is always their home and that they can invest in it and invest in its future by investing in us. And that New York City, beyond just being a place, is an ideal of like all these diverse people and all these walks of life coming together, making the most fantastic city in the world happen. So I'm just here to be a huge cheerleader for New York City and make sure that if you aren't here, come back with your dollars and your voices and your concerns. If you're here, don't be scared. Like, it ain't nothing to be scared about. The water's fine because New York City's back. New York City's back so much that when we're at the boathouse, I'm about to give a speech. You're out on a gondola having a great time enjoying Central Park. I was. You my speech. I was, was on a very like, romantic back. gondola ride with my girlfriend from work. It was fantastic gondola ride. It was a beautiful evening. But but it's interesting that you say that about people who've left or people who are coming to New York City for the first time, people who are thinking of returning. I mean, we're recording this uh, less than a week, probably, from the mayoral election. And if the voter rolls historically are any indication, um, in a couple of months, we'll probably have a new mayor who was a former police officer who's a vegan and wrote a book about being a vegan. And so it'll be interesting to see how the city changes, if it changes, with new leadership at the helm next year as we sort of move forward and the city continues to to reopen and rebuild. But more locally, I guess, in terms of our household, I just have to ask, how do you like uh, basically that the entire house is your home office all day, every day, now that... Our daughter is in school every day, and I'm at work almost every day. You have multiple rooms to choose from to run your home office. Do you miss at all being in an office? I really miss being in an office, for sure. Um, I did, to your point, like putting on clothes and getting out and commuting and picking up coffee on the way to work. I mean, those are all things that help you transition to getting in a work mindset and then when you're leaving hopefully like leaving that behind at the office and um turning off work is something that i definitely need to improve in my self-care and my mental health because i not really turn off work that often it's kind of work is always going on in the foreground or the background while i'm trying to take care of the other things that are happening and as you said you know get the daughter out the house, you leave, I'm here, and, you know, work's going on, but other things in the house are still going on, and when our daughter gets home, I got to make sure that she's uh, getting ready to eat, and, you know, getting ready for bed until time for you to get home, and, but also fielding some of the things that are happening on the work basis that I'm fielding at the same time, too, and, and there's something about entering into a space and entering into a mindset 
and then exiting that space and going to a different one and going into a different mindset. And if your work is your home and your home is your work, sometimes you just stay on in one mindset and trying to find ways to transition is really difficult to do. So, you know, that's my stretch goal. Like, you know, it's not New Year's time yet, but I'm maybe making a resolution that I need to find a way to, to reset. Um, that is great, uh, a great goal. And there is also an opportunity for me to also get out. So I had a fantastic time doing a day of action up in the Bronx at Sunshine Garden and getting out there with them. I've been able to go around the city and meet different stakeholders and partners in different parts of the city. So I think those are the times that I feel I can get the energy of New York City and be engaged and, you know, hopefully get some of that transition time that I, that I need that's great for my mental health. I don't miss the fact that when we work from home, when I work from home, I felt like my days just became very, very long because you don't turn off um, work, essentially. You're on all the time. And so I, I don't miss that at all. But I feel like you guys have a great way of communicating. I still don't know what Slack is. I've never been on it. I don't know how to find it. To me, Slack is somebody who cuts corners and doesn't do their job. <laughs> I didn't know nope. it was an application or something that people use. Um, so, I, I mean, we use, we use Zoom. There we go. That's what I use at work is Zoom. Yeah. Um, and that's about as innovative as, as it gets in my corner of the world. But, yeah, I, I you know, we're, I, I don't miss, I have to say, working from home. I feel like the sweet spot though, is, is three days a week in the office and two days a week at home. For me, that's kind of, you know, the sweet spot, but it is what it is. Yeah. And just really quickly to, to your point, um, you know, not having to commute has made me hyperproductive. Like, you know, we've done a podcast. We've done a gazillion different um live sessions that end up becoming YouTube sessions that are shared. Like there's, I've edited more videos than ever in my life. I feel like I'm a little Spike Lee because of the yeah, fact I, that I've I it's made sit. you hyper working from home, let alone hyper productive. <laughs> You're constantly <laughs> editing video, constantly sending emails, constantly thinking about work things. Yeah, it's pretty constant. Yeah. So I'm again, New Year's resolution. We got that, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But also, I mean, I want to go really quickly to the point that for our other uh, listeners that, you know, Elizabeth probably is not doing this uh, podcast again, but you can go back and listen to our very first one. You can hear our board member, Ernie Lyles and his wife, Princess. You can um, hear about the future of New York City, our New Yorker for New York honoree, Nicole Lee, talking to one of our board members, Janet Burak. You can hear Susan Coleman, who is another one of our honorees, talking to our good friend, uh, Rebecca Cohen, a book of haikus on New York. We're talking about um, public access television and BronxNet. Like, there, we have so many podcasts. Again, production, 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 since uh, we've been in this uh, new mode of working. And I think I'll transition this and then I'll let you give final thoughts. Um, for me... The sweet spot for me is going to be kind of like you said, you know, hybrid. So a little bit remote, a little bit in person, um, the access that you're talking to folks that are the 
the highest level of government and business and philanthropy and community members and connecting them all over technology because you couldn't get past someone's like secretary to get the appointment, but also showing up in person and community in like Brownsville or Bed-Stuy or Far Rockaway or, you know, out there on the South shore of uh, Staten Island to, you know, to be with people where they are to spend some quality time. Because I've also, like, you know, I made three trips out to Staten Island since the quarantine's been down, I mean, or since COVID's come around, you know, and got to know that community a lot better. So I think just keeping the energy on both levels, technology that, you know, connects with folks here and you know near and far but then also getting close enough so you can like shake somebody's hand and and see their expression if we can do both then then we're really winning so since this is your 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 last podcast you're swearing it off like you're going to go out with your mic drop like what do you want to say to the folks what do you want them to know about new york city yourself about harlem like what what are words to the people well you know what i'm looking forward to and that i hope others will do is you know, if you're vaccinated, if you're wearing a mask, I look forward to volunteering again in a real way um, and to getting back out there. Now that our daughter is getting older, I want to model for her what volunteerism looks like. And I don't know if we'll be able to do it this Thanksgiving, but definitely next Thanksgiving, now that she's a little bit older, being able to work in a soup kitchen or do something that's really hands-on other than um, just, you know, taking some angels off a tree and wrapping gifts. Not that that is not meaningful. We do that every year. That's very meaningful. That's very important. We tell her that for Santa to come bring her gifts, she needs to give some gifts away. We can't just amass things. Uh, but I look forward to to volunteering in a, in a demonstrative way. And I hope other people, other New Yorkers will start thinking about that again. I think that's important. And those are my thoughts. Almost words. like Biggie. It's like show love. It's the Brooklyn way. Show love. It's the New York way. Brought to you by it Elizabeth is. Harris. That's not doing any more podcasts. Because she said, I will <laughs> kick you out the house if you drag me to do these things anymore. But I think the people like hearing what you got to say from time to time. I so hope thank so. you for being such a great uh, New Yorker, a great partner, a great mother, a great friend. And I just would not imagine doing this journey without you. And I couldn't imagine a better partner in all of this. So thank you so much. Likewise. And thank you for the opportunity to do that. Remember to apply for a Citizens Committee grant as the application launches this fall for 2022 funding. Visit citizensnyc.org for more information.